Welcome to the Laws of Wellness, brought to you by Zaparis Lawyers. Here are your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to the Laws of Wellness podcast, a very special podcast series for the team at Zaparis Lawyers. Marcus Pierce here with the King of Wellness, Dr. Damien mm-hmm. Christoph. How are you, great man? Hello, PC. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for asking, and great to be joined with you again to uh, share a little bit of knowledge, a little bit of knowledge, bit of um, skill that you and I have kind of been working on ourselves over the last, you know, well, 49 years for me and 25 for you, and because uh, you are so young, <laughs> you know, half my age. Uh, but I really, I'm, I'm excited uh, again by yet another opportunity to share and this is great content and i know that people at zaparis will get lots from this one and uh and hopefully even if you think that uh you've got everything nailed and locked down there'll be little pearls in this that can uh, that can help you out absolutely folks this is five tips to win in your personal and professional life really hope you enjoy this episode of the laws of wellness Damo, the world changed an incredible amount in 2020 when so many of us started working from home. We then came mm. out of that in 2022, I think, um, ish, yeah. ish, and we had this, you know, in the office a day or two a week and at home and flexible working hours and flexible arrangements and we're going to call it all the hybrid life and I want to have a conversation mm-hmm. with you here about not just working from home and working in the office, but winning in our personal life and winning in our professional life. Do you reckon it's a game that's all too hard to win or do you reckon it can be won? Oh, PC, as you talk about that, that brings up so many things like in terms of shift and change and what we see in our practice and um, and and what I'm seeing my patients go through on a daily basis in trying to you know, navigate uh, what this new kind of uh, lifestyle looks like, and some people are nailing it, and some people are still, you know, you know, they got one leg longer than the other. They walk around in circles. It's uh, it's kind of it's incredible to watch, but I reckon it can be done, and I reckon it can be done really, really well. But there's um, there's some components to it that kind of um, weaken the fabric of community and weaken the fabric of um, the strength of a workplace. And I think that we've got to be really mindful of that because there's often a desire to spend a lot more time at home at the expense of time in the workspace or in the office. And that in itself uh, can be both good and bad. And, and particularly, it can be bad not only in the workspace, but it can be bad at home too, because there can be greater expectations. Um, now that you're home, what, I'd love you to do this. You know, now that you're home, um, we need to get this done. Um, and so that there's blurred lines between um, what's work and what's home and um, and then also what's recreation and, and, and what's no longer recreation mm. because it now becomes a chore. So I think um, we can win at it, but we've got to be really defined and really clear about it. And that doesn't necessarily mean you've got to stick to a schedule, but maybe um, it, it could help to schedule those things that are most important to you, uh, which I think you know you and I should really flesh out today just to make it easy for everyone listening to this uh, to understand what's going on and how they can maximize it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to go through the five tips to winning, and there's, there's many, but here are five of our best tips to winning this hybrid yes. life that winning in personal life, winning in professional life, and not feeling like you've got to sacrifice 
um, one over the other. So I'd love to start off, Damo, with um, uh, it might seem a bit not esoteric, but a bit it's not as tangible for everyone, but I think everyone can relate to it these days. Morning and evening rhythms or rituals because my massive bias is that if we really fill our cup up personally in the morning so that it's metaphorically speaking overflowing then it's so much better for our professional life when we're bringing the best version of ourselves to our workplace even if we're working from home or if we're commuting regardless you are one and i've had the pleasure of uh being a guest in your house on many occasion and when i'm at your place we get up in the morning and we go for a walk along the beach and we get a coffee and have a chat that morning rhythm is something i look forward to we might even see the sunrise can you talk to in your own experience just that power and influence of having a really um uh intent uh what's the word um a a morning that is high on intention you're not being sucked up by other people's demands in order to start the day and do it well yeah, mate. Um, I don't know how we started doing it, but um, it became something that has become very, very important to us as a family, and in particular with Amber and I. You know, we're both super busy. Amber, as many people may know or may not know, you know, she's a corporate person, uh, and that in itself requires you know massive amounts of mental energy, uh, physical presence, present time consciousness, all that sort of stuff. And a great way just to kind of kick off is to get the blood flowing and the oxygen circulating through the body. Uh, and so we felt that, you know, we could either get up and do some yoga or we could get up and go to, I don't know, do something like F45, or we can easily just get up and go for a walk um, or even a run. And so for us, the it's easy to lie in bed. It's easy to lie in bed for an extra 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes, even an hour, and just keep on <laughs> pressing snooze. snooze. <laughs> <laughs> but as the great Ted Lesso says, like it's There are only two, two buttons, buttons in life you don't want to press, the panic button and right. the snooze button. Yes. <laughs> exactly. So if you don't know who Ted Lasso is, then you've got to get subscribed to Apple and uh, and watch that. But uh, Ted Lasso, a source of great motivation, inspiration, and happiness for all of us. But um, what we love is the purposeful decision, like the the act of getting up, making sure that we set our alarm um, at a time that enables us to get out and spend 20, 30, 40 minutes or 50 minutes out exercising first thing in the morning. And uh, and then we work back from that. So we work back to the night before to kind of go, okay, well, we're up tomorrow at 5.15. Let's make sure that we get to bed by 10 or 10.15. So it gives us our seven hours of sleep and uh, and then we're going to feel pretty good. So um, that's that's a really important part of our life. But the also what actually happens when you do get up first thing in the morning is that not only do you get a jolt of energy, but you stimulate your metabolism so that you're actually getting, you know, your fuel sources that you've stored overnight from the dinner the night before. You actually start to access that stuff and you burn through it. So that's a beneficial thing that's kind of by the by. It's on the side that uh, it's beneficial to the heart, beneficial to blood sugar control, which helps you with energy utilization throughout the day. But it all starts with exercise first thing in the morning. Now, it doesn't have to be massive and it doesn't have to be hugely intense uh, with your heart rate going crazy. But the purposeful act of 20 to 30 minutes of walking first thing in the morning or movement first thing in the morning is unbelievable. And if your heart rate does happen to go up, then that's even better again. This is so good. And and for anyone going, yes, I've heard about this before because, yes, morning morning rituals I reckon were first 
popularized by Tony Robbins with a with his hour of power. But you may see things called the Miracle Morning or Win the Morning, Win the Day. I know Robin Sharma has a 5 a.m. club. This is in popular culture now, it is a thing. But I think what we have to really recognize is the consequences of not having a morning where we are we are filled. If we are getting up and we're at the, the demands of others, whether they're our children to start the day or our um, colleagues or the demands of whatever it is that are going on, if we don't have any time in the morning to fill ourselves up, it's a lot harder to win the day. Um, the night, I don't think we need to talk about too much. I think most people know, and we've spoken about this before, just the importance of sleep. Um, and there are so many distractions these days to keep us awake late at night to then impact our sleep, which then threatens our ability to have that um, morning uh, ritual. But is there anything that you would like to say about the nighttime, what I call the down ramp, because a lot of people are ramping up at night, but I think we need to you know, visualize the down ramp. Is there anything you'd like to add on um, rituals that are sacred to you or that you think are really important around evening time? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this has probably become more modified and uh, more specific over the last few months. Um, and you and I on a pre on another podcast, we did a a discussion about wearable tech. You know, we spoke about um, you know what are the things that you can measure and and how does that influence um, your mindset. Well, one of the things that I did was I I bought an aura ring, and uh, that aura ring helps score my sleep and my sleep habits, my sleep quality, my readiness for the day. And and even though these are just measures from one company, whether you've got a Whoop or whether you've got you're wearing your Apple Watch or another type of you know device that you might be wearing, the consistency of measurement of the data helps guide you in your decision making and your behaviors to enhance your hygiene around getting to sleep. And so I never used to really kind of think I was doing a bad job at sleeping. I just kind of drop off to sleep and then wake up. But being more mindful about how I prepare for sleep, you know, whether that's making sure I'm not looking at screens, making sure I'm reading a book, or you know, kind of winding down and not answering emails just before I go to bed or making sure that um, I'm hydrated enough but not hyperhydrated that it makes me wake up through the night to have to go to the bathroom. All those sorts of things kind of um, have have benef- been beneficial because I've been measuring it. And so the the hygiene factor of you know evening routines has become, uh, I suppose, more important because I'm measuring it. And so if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking, well, how do I know if I'm sleeping well? Well, how do I know if I could be doing it better? I'd start by looking at the things that you can do. And, you know, we could definitely talk about parasympathetic activation. We could definitely talk about breathing and sleep posture and pillows. And we could talk all about all those sorts of fantastic things to be across. But it's also great to measure it and just kind of consider how you are at base level and how you've improved over time. And I've been doing that with the running app just to kind of track to see how, you know, how's my fitness going? And, you know, I got a little notification the other day saying, congratulations, your fitness has improved by 700% in this last, you know, year. And uh, and that's a great pat on the back because you kind of go, is it working? And, and it is. So you've got that data. The measurement, I think, PC for me, has worked really, really well. 
Yeah, and I think, um, you know, again, drawing on previous episodes that we've done, things like the dining experience, how you calm down at night yeah. and uh, the way that you eat. Yeah. Yes, how you, how much you eat and what you're eating, but also are you eating by yourself? Are you eating with others? Um, are you having a wind down to the night, particularly after a long day of work? Absolutely key. The second key principle is movement. Can, now, we, you have can, we, just, can, we, go, can we go back to that just yeah. for a second? It's a wind down. Down, not a wine down, because the wine down will affect your sleep and it'll see you up poorly for the next day. But a wind down is so much more important. So, <laughs> little, uh, a little shift there, you know, to use a consonant versus that is a vowel. Very at the good. End of that, word. that is very good. Well played. I like that. Yeah, um, yeah, you have been watching Ted Lasso. That's very good. Um, movement, uh, <laughs> movement is something that again you touched on briefly there. I think what I would add to that is if it doesn't happen in the morning, please don't give up and just not move yeah. throughout the day. Like sometimes, um, particularly in the workplace, um, walking meetings they are underrated, underutilized. Not all meetings have to be done with you sitting down or even standing up on Zoom. Like mm. so many meetings can mm. be done on the phone. Um, so many people in the workplace share screens unnecessarily. <laughs> it's almost like, hey, let me share my screen, like just to show you yeah. what I've been doing. It's not important. Like, can we just nah. talk about the outcome? What do we need here? Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and even still, if if, we're, if you are working offline, that's also code for in person with other people. You can yeah. actually just meet and get a meeting done really quickly in the in the flesh five or 10 minute walking yep. meeting rather than a yep. back and forth all day of emails where nothing actually yep. gets done. And so again, sometimes we've lost that art of conversation and communication and we can actually, yep. as weird as it sounds, combine movement with that by walking meetings, yep. moving throughout the day. Um, I think resting at night is great. I don't know about you, but I don't have much will to move. I don't know if it's just because of four young kids and whatever, but I have no desire to go out and move heavily at night i love going for a stroll sun's going down go for a stroll but um yeah. i don't know where you sit have on hand cuddles but... yeah hand cuddles. well you're a <laughs> you're a romantic but i um i i don't mind the movement at night time i think that's totally fine and for some people that's kind of a way in which they can just kind of blow off some steam yeah. just you know run some k's just get rid of any excess energy that's kind of um hanging about that's a great what call that is a great I just caution against going to bed with your heart rate too high. So mm. I just, you know, be aware that you've still got to, you know, complete that whole exercise component. So it's, yeah, go for your run or go to a class or do yoga or whatever it's going to be, doing that at nighttime, but making sure that you give yourself space and time to calm your heart rate so that as you drift off to sleep, your heart rate's slowing and it slows relatively fast because you want it to get down to its resting heart rate, you know, relatively quickly um so that you actually get a restful and restorative sleep i think it's really important and the point that you raised before which i think is really you know crucial which is the movement meeting or the walking meeting the way in which you achieve that is to block out in your calendar on the days that you're working um or even the days that you're not working um in the office even the, the days that you're working from home block out in your calendar walking meeting and it's always a 30 minute meeting and it's always done at the same time and it's either before or after lunch um, you can still do a lunchtime walking meeting if you wanted to or a lunchtime meeting if you wanted to. Um, and that's when I do most of my meetings is at lunchtime. Um, so I sit down, have a meal, have a conversation, talk about some stuff. Generally, it's not a confrontational meeting. So, in fact, there's never a confrontational meeting at lunchtime for me. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I, in fact, I very rarely have confrontational meetings. I can't meetings, imagine you having many the, confrontational meetings, to be frank. You're not no, that confrontational, Damo. 
Uh, I'm not. I'm a laughing not a fighter. But if we uh, if we think about what you could do is if you scheduled a walking meeting every single day for 30 minutes, um, and that was available upon request. So it didn't you didn't allow because I know a lot of people have a calendar that's open and that people then populate their calendar with meetings. Mm. So and they um, can put it they yeah, look like at other people's calendars. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, in that situation, you wake up to a brand new calendar every single day because people have just forged their way or forced their way into mm. your calendar. So they go, oh, cool. You know, Marcus is free at 1.30 to 3. I'm going to take up an hour of that time and have a meeting with him. And it, I find that as a huge imposition and actually quite challenging um, from a mental perspective and from an anxiety perspective to have to be starting your day by looking at a calendar to see what's coming up because you could have had 10 people pop meetings in there on you um, or people just take meetings out and there's no ability to you know plan that. So I would suggest that calendar or meeting book hygiene would be to block out periods of time that you want to dedicate that are non-negotiables. Um, and then if you're going to have meeting periods, then you might have three hours of the day that are dedicated to 15-minute meetings. You might have a 30-minute meeting that's a um, you know a walking meeting. Then you're at your lunchtime, and then you might have a you know a, a one-on-one kind of catch-up bit after lunch for an hour or two. And then it's your time from then on just to get through and plow through the rest of the day's work. Um, if you can make something like that work, then you've got an ability to then wind down for the evening for the afternoon to then look forward to having your third space, which is what, um, you know, I think we've spoken about this before, PC is having your third space, um, which is, which is you know, written in a book by, I'm just trying to think, Adam, what's his name? Adam Fraser. And so Adam Fraser wrote the book, The Third Space, and just that ability to find that space to wind down from work to, you know, wind into home time and shifting gears a little bit because you shift from your work gear to your, home gear, I think that's really important too, regardless of whether or not you're working from home or from the office. Yep, and you, you've stolen my notes because that was tip number three to win in personal and professional, and that is to be a master of calendar management. So you've mm-hmm. just written all the rules in the rule book there, Damo. I think that is absolute gold standard and gold content and information. I think some things to even uh, for people that are, feel like their diaries are stolen or their time is stolen by others is to actually, well, this is what I do anyway, pop in my calendar. I pop in project time where I'm actually working on projects for a couple of hours and it's blocked in the calendar or delivery time where you're doing work for clients and you can't Mm. be interrupted then because you're actually servicing income. You're doing the work then and that is not a time where you're going to be meeting. And maybe you will only have an hour a day where you're available to meet with others. And in my world, and I would suggest as extroverts, don't do that in the morning because leave your best hours for yourself to do what you need to do and get suck. I'm I'm a big believer as an extrovert anyway, getting energy from other people um, and do that in the afternoons when you find your energy might be flagging a little bit, but, and and also use it as a way to um, strategize or plan for the future, like tomorrow or the next day. It's a good, it's a good, um, because Meetings are often future focused, you know, what's an agenda, what do we need to do moving forward? Um, But then to also pop in the calendar, family time and your own um, personal growth time, whether it's playing golf or moving or playing midweek tennis or learning the flute or the piano or learning French or whatever it is, pop it in the calendar because then it's a great audit on what type of life are you living and is your calendar just full of professional commitments and then even if you've got personal commitments you'll always only see the calendar 
uh, as a professional thing. And then it's hard to feel like you're winning in your personal life when all you see is your personal yeah. things. Um, so I do well, no, think all you see is professional things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's yeah. yeah. Um, so it's so important to use a calendar as another audit or metric on how much time and energy are you giving to your personal life and your professional life. And particularly if you're an employee, this day and age, particularly communicating your needs, your unique needs and desires um, to, um, to how do you like to say it these days? I don't like to say superiors, or people that you report to, uh, <laughs> your boss, whoever it is, yeah, because you can't win with boss. any label these at days. At the end of the day, at um, the end of the day, they're your boss. At the end of the yeah. day. But it's so important that the people in your team know what you need, particularly in your personal life. If you have a child that needs to be picked up early one day a week for any number of reasons, you don't even have to explain the reasons, but you must explain the need. You can't hold grudges or resent because your feelings haven't been heard when you've never shared your feelings uh, and if it's not in the calendar. Um, so it's so important. And even if you're in the workplace and you don't want to put too much personal stuff in the professional calendar, you still put some boundaries around there so you don't have your time stolen. And actually, Damo, that is my um, next point on this or our next point on this is the setting of boundaries and that's also probably as much a a conversation around communication because of the hybrid or one day one day in the office or two days in the office and two or three at home and so on um, some of that communication and boundary setting gets lost and people aren't sure particularly in the COVID times people were just working from 7 a.m to 9 p.m because (laughs) everyone was just working at home working from home and available but if you've got different working hours and you've got lunch hours or you've got commitments, they must be communicated. And I think one of the best ways is in the calendar. But if it needs to be even more overt than that and you've got to tell people, just make sure you tell them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a few things that really um, push my buttons. And and I think that it's almost rude that people have these things. And I want to share this with you because- I hope I don't I do this. I'm nervous. I'm on, nervous. Well, no, I love you. I'd love your, I'd love your take on it. I hate the um, autoresponder that says I have a calm inbox um, and I'll look at this um, in the next, you know, seven days and get back to you within the next 21 or whatever it is, you know, like I just, <laughs> that for me is rude. Like if you're not, if you're going to have an email, um, don't send an autoresponder that is like a, you know, a, a GF yourself, you know, kind of message there because that in itself is kind of rude and just makes everybody else seem unimportant. And and that's not what you should have. The other thing I don't think you should have is a message bank that says, you know, g'day, you've reached Damien Christoph. Thank you so much for your call. I don't check my messages, so don't <laughs> leave me a message. Send me a text message. You know, that to me is the height of arrogance. Like that is arrogant. If you have a message bank, take a message. You know what I mean? Otherwise, don't have a message bank. Um, I would actually suggest that, you, you know, we're so um, able these days to be able to receive information and re- to receive messages that make it all available. Check it the way in which you choose to check it, you know, but in communicating that sort of stuff, that can be seen to be quite um, rude and dismissive and disempowering. Well, actually, um, and, yeah. And I, that, that's how I see it. And what I've written down here is actually assume um, assume intelligence on behalf of the person contacting you so um assume in the world that we live in that if i call damo and he doesn't have voicemail yeah. and i really want to catch him i will send him a text and then yeah. assume that if damo doesn't respond to my text and i do want to catch him that i will send yeah. him an email 
and yeah. assume that he will reply to my email. And if it's not in the time yeah. frame that I would like, I can then do any of those uh, communication methods again. Um, okay. Or I could DM you. I could hunt you down on social. I could search <laughs> you in the white pages. I could find yeah, you at Vita. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, un- I understand you. that totally. Um, and this probably comes yeah. to the core of of um, just our relationships with people. And that is the, the fifth tip here. So we've got we've got morning and evening rhythms. We've got movement, calendar management, the setting of boundaries. And then the fifth tip to really mm. win in personal and professional is to actually have a social life, both within your personal and professional life. So many people <laughs> say, I don't have yes. time to socialize. Um, yeah. And without being too, you know, on the high horse, I think any business that doesn't encourage the social integration of their workforce and team um, are being um, ignorant of the human condition and the need to actually associate with other human beings. Um, and we talk yeah. about that on 100 Night Out all the time, um, that if people aren't socializing with other people, they are ripe for depression and all types of yeah. mental illness because of the lack yeah. of meaningful engagement with people. So what say you on those points? Yeah, I 100% agree. It's very, very easy to get stuck in emails or to get stuck in spreadsheets or to get stuck in whatever else. You know, could be reading, you know, slaves of information that pertain to something that you're working on a project, for example. Um, it's easy to get stuck into that and become a little bit uh, reclusive and disengaged. Um, but at the end of the day, and I look, don't get me wrong, I love working. You know, I love working, you know, as much as anybody does um, who loves working. And and Amber, for example, she loves working as well. But if your life becomes about the work, then it changes your identity. And so your identity becomes about the work. So, you know, Marcus, if I go, you know, Marcus, who are you? If you were to tell me that you know, I'm a longevity coach or I'm a whatever, whatever, you know, title you want to put on yourself, if that was all that you did, then I'd understand that. But if you were to say, oh, I'm a father of four children, I've got a beautiful wife and I'll do all these great things, then you've got to also display that in your life. You know, you can't just use that as a word to try and pretend to define yourself by that, particularly if that's not part of what your value system is. So it's managing all of that, you know, it's making sure that you are contributing to each of those highest values, you know. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I do think, again, coming back to calendar management, like is socializing with your team in your calendar and is catching up with your girlfriends or your mates or um, one-on-one time with your kids or your partner, quality time with anyone that's meaningful in your life, like is it mm. a scheduled priority? Uh, there's a great Tony Robbins line, which, again, some people will um, cringe when I say Tony Robbins. So if you cringe, then forget who who said it. Just think about this. If you talk about well, it, Ted Lasso. A, yeah, Ted Lasso. If you talk about it, it's a dream. If you envision it, it's possible. And if you schedule it, it's real. So I think the 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 theme of that is, you know, talk is cheap. Um, it's just a dream. But schedule it and it's real you know you can visualize catching up with your friends your family your colleagues whoever it is but pop it in the diary pop it in the calendar actually make it happen winning in your personal and professional life um and watch the magic happen Mm. hey Mm. yeah i love that that's really good actually i I really like that um and it makes so much sense yeah it's not rocket science is it um so they're the five folks we've got morning and evening rhythms and rituals movement calendar management setting boundaries and socializing with your team and in your personal life. We really hope that you've enjoyed this part of um, winning in your personal and professional life. Damo, thanks again for always for for thanks again for your wisdom as always, as I get my my tongue uh, 
stuck in a knot. <laughs> Your mood's wixed up. Oh, PC, it's so great. I love sharing this sort of stuff and having these conversations. It's great. Thanks for uh, joining me again. Oh, Damo, another episode of the Laws of Wellness done. And I love all of it, all of our episodes, but I love the daily realness of this one because I yeah. feel like this is something that gets or speaks to all of us, you and me included. Yeah, absolutely. And as, you know, when we talk about this sort of, um, you know, each of these sorts of practices, these five top tips, these hot tips, uh, I'm reminded of the things that I need to uh, continually work on and um, and refine and just do better at. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm not doing them, but I could obviously do each of them a bit better too. So it's a great reminder. And even if you think you know it all, um, which often I do think I know it all, uh, this is a really great way to uh, just be a reminder that you can definitely do better uh, with the things that you know. And for everyone at Zaparis, we're going to put some links in the show notes here. We are going to give you the exclusive link to Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. <laughs> Thank us later for the best series you'll ever watch on TV. Um, that quote of Tony Robbins landed for Damo. I'll send the podcast episode where he talks about that. Um, also, some of the books that we mentioned in there, 5 a.m. Club. Miracle Morning and so on. To everyone at Zaparis Lawyers, thank you for your support of the laws of wellness and demo. And to everyone at Zaparis, until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. Bye for now. <laughs>